Would you bow with me as we open scripture together? Father, as we turn to scripture now, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to take that word, to plant it deep within our hearts and to enable us to see what really makes God's happy people. And help us to understand more fully, Lord, that we have the opportunity to praise you and we celebrate because of what you give to us. This we would ask then for Jesus' sake and through your spirit we pray. Amen. I invite your attention tonight to Psalm 144. Psalm 144. I'm going to read the entire psalm. It's only 15 verses. And then we'll go back and look at verses 12 through 15 together. Beginning then at verse 1, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I uh, take refuge, who subdues people under him. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath, their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners whose mouth are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-stringed lyre, I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant. From the deadly sword, uh, deliver me. Rescue me from the hands of the foreigners whose mouths are full of lies and whose right hands are deceitful. And then comes the text for this evening. Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, And our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with ever kinds of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will be drawn heavy loads. There will be no breaching of the walls and no going into captivity. No crying of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom it is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. So far, God's word. People of God, happiness is a lot of different things to different people, isn't it? To a child, maybe happiness is an all-day sucker where they can just eat all the candy they want and enjoy their fullness. To a teenager, it's probably when they first get their driver's license and they're free to come and go as they please. To a mom or a dad, it may be that time when they have paid off the mortgage of their house and they feel like they're un, under the, uh, out from under the gun and that they're owning their house entirely. And maybe to an older person, happiness is just health and strength that we can enjoy. But to God's people, happiness is to know that God loves us, that he cares for us, that he protects us, that he's always watching over us. And I think Psalm 144 talks about God's happy people. We're happy people, aren't we? And there's four reasons that are mentioned in that psalm. We're happy to know that our children are nurtured in the faith. 
We're happy to know that God has blessed us abundantly with, with just an overabundance of provision every day. And so we receive all that. We are prosperous because of his hand. The third thing I want you to see is we, we are thankful for civil obedience, for civil peace that we can have, that there may be peace in our streets. And it doesn't seem that way right now in our country, does it? And for it, most of all, we're thankful that we're children of God. Those four things I want to have you think about for just a few moments. We're thankful that our sons are well nurtured. That verse says that our sons are nurtured. And nurturing is, is one of those things that really comes in the 12th verse. Nurturing is, is much more than just making sure that, that they're staying alive and that we're giving some food. Nurturing means <clears throat> that I'm giving them what they need to grow in abundance. When a plant is nurtured, it's because maybe we realize that it needs something extra, some fertilizer. Maybe we're testing the soil. I had a friend that was a professional soil tester, would travel all over the state of Michigan testing farm soils to say, this is what you need, this is what you have to have in terms of fertilizer, this is what your plant needs if you want that plant to grow. And I think the challenge comes to parents and to grandparents that we're nurturing our children and our grandchildren in such a way that we know that they're being planted and rooted. There's one of the two things I always say that we should give to our kids. One is roots, growing deep in the Word of God, growing in such a way that it, it draws the chemicals out of, out of God's Word, that it draws the power of the Spirit planting in them. And as we're in the God's Word, we claim those promises by faith each day. As we go forward in faith, then, that our sons are well-nurtured. And so we strive to do that, don't we? We do it by the home, the teaching that we give them in the home, the understanding that we bring before them every day, the sharing that we do with the gospel, that maybe making sure we have table devotions. <clears throat> One of the things that we have grown accustomed to, I think, in our Dutch culture was we always begin our meals with prayer. We always took time at the end of the meal to read Scripture and to have prayer. I think some of that is passed along because, passed by now because so much of our life is busy that we're always coming and going. Many times we don't always eat together. <clears throat> when I was growing up and a teenager and I was in high school and I had jobs after school, I wasn't always home for this evening meal. In fact, the only time I ate supper with my folks was on Saturday and Sunday. Other than that, the time was there, but rooting made that make sure you're having your personal devotions then. Make sure you're in the Word. Make sure you're anchored in what God wants you to hear. <clears throat> make sure that testimony that's there, that nurturing that comes as I'm studying God's Word. And as you and I are going through life, and no matter what stage we're in that, we're still in the Word, aren't we? We're still reading the Word. We're still being nurtured every day. We're being fed through the Word. That we know that our young men are nurtured, that growing, that anchoring. The other thing we have to give them as wings. Once we have anchored them in the Word, once we've made sure that they're secure in Jesus Christ, then we have to give them wings to fly. We can't always be hovering over them. We can't be that, that type of a, of a watching parent that always has to be there knowing everything that's going on. I trust my children until they prove that they could not be trusted. They have grown up. Now I tell my grandchildren that same thing. I will trust you completely until you prove to me that you can't be trusted. 
<laughs> as we go forward in faith then, nurturing and, and being anchored and being, and being rooted, that our children, that our sons are anchored in the word. But then it also says that our daughters will become pillars in the temple, carved pillars adorned for the glory of God. And that undergirding that happens with a pillar, pillar was there for support, it was there for encouragement. And daughters were the challenge today. They become the, the, the challenge of the gospel to the next generation. They're the ones that are teaching Sunday schools. They're teaching catechism classes. They are out there also sharing the gospel. They're in the GEMS groups. They're, they're sharing where they can the word of God. The women that gather together in Bible study, they're nurturing each other. They're feeding each other. <clears throat> they're, they're beginning to be that gospel that's clearly God's word moving forward each day. As we see that challenge then, we understand more fully what's happening. Our young men are nurtured, our young ladies are to be pillars in the temple. They're to be undergirding and holding and supporting and encouraging as they go forward in faith and as they teach the gospel to other people. Excuse me just a moment. next thing I want you to see is the, the reality that prosperity is a gift of God. As we go forward in faith, as we, as we walk along, there comes that testimony that mentions three different things there in those verses 13. That our barns are overflowing, that our sheep are multiplying, that our oxen are pulling heavy loads. And I think of that challenge then, because this comes from an agrarian society, from a farming community where, where Israel is, that, that the barns are overflowing. And I don't know if you do a lot of riding through the country. My wife and I like to take rides. And wherever we went and crossed Michigan, we, we saw just abundant fields being harvested. We saw a place that was, was so abundantly full that they didn't know where to put the grain and they were dumping it under canvases on the ground for, to protect it from the weather because their cribs were full. As we go by a feed, feed mill that's not, near, not too far from our home, there's always semi-loads unloading. The other day we went for a ride and my, my wife and I said, <clears throat> there's still corn in the fields. We went by that same field yesterday <clears throat> Two semi-loads were standing there, heaped full of shelled corn, that our crops are abundantly being blessed, that God is providing abundantly. But what are we going to do with that abundance? Maybe you and I don't have barns that need to be full. Maybe you and I have other things. Maybe God has blessed us abundantly with other things that he gives to us each day. The opportunities to provide for other people the opportunity to share the gospel, the opportunity that says, because God has given me so much, I want to give back to you, I want to share with you the food drives that take place this time of the year, <clears throat> the clothing drives that other people are holding. One of the places that, that was, uh, we received a message was if you could give, give winter coats, there are many people that are street people today that don't even have coats to put on in this cold weather. If you only had maybe a good used coat, or if you wanted to buy a new coat here in such such place, that the, bon, the barns are overflowing in our homes, aren't we? We have more clothes than we know what to do with. If you ever go to the school sales stores where, where they get all the stuff coming in, 
I stopped at one of those one day and I said to the lady, you have so much stuff out here. She said, you ought to see the back room. It is just abundantly what people are getting rid of. Good stuff, but we're just tired of it. So other people are being blessed. We stopped at the Red Barn the other day with our daughter just to see what was going on. The same thing. The testimony that says God has blessed us richly. We prosper because God's hand rests upon us each day, and we know that fullness in our life as we go forward in faith. To be prospering is to know not only that <clears throat> the barns are full, but that the crops are, that the animals are reproducing. And if you live on a farm, that's one of the greatest things you can have. And it mentions that the sheep are, are multiplying thousands by ten thousands. And when God was blessing Israel, that was one of the greatest things that came into their life, that testimony that God provided for them every day. When Jacob left home and went to his uncle Laban, and he was, he was promised his two wives, and he finally got them, and then Laban said, if you serve me for seven more years, I'll give you the abundance of blessing. And so Jacob was saying, would go to him and say, well, if I carve these sticks uh, I, uh, he would put them out, and he'd say, if they're ring-spotted and, and marked, then I'll take all the ones that are marked. They're not beautiful. And so his uncle would say, well, that's good, because he figured they were junk. <clears throat> so, so he was getting blessed, and then his uncle said, well, I think I'm going to change your wages. I'll keep all the ring spot and, and the, the spotted ones, and you take the ones that are clear. So Jacob, again, God was blessing, and God was providing, and Jacob's crop huge, so that he went there as a single man, and he came back with sons and daughters. He came back with herds and flocks that he could go back to his homeland. Sadly, he never got to see his mother again. But the testimony came as he went forward in faith. This is what God does for us if we only trust him. How much do we trust God every day for what he gives us? The barns are full. The cupboards are full. We have more food than we know what to do with, don't we? How many of you have leftovers from Thanksgiving? Do you know what you're going to do with them? Most of us put it in the freezer, right? We don't have enough. We'll probably be eating stuff from Thanksgiving yet at Christmas time. God provides, doesn't he, in such abundance. And when you think of that in terms of the blessings that he gives us, the opportunities as we reach out, and then he comes to that third thing, and he said, and the oxen are pulling heavy loads. Now, most of us don't know too much about oxen pulling heavy loads, but how about tractors that you see? You know, we get kind of disgusted when we're going down the road <clears throat> and you see a farm vehicle going there and he's on his way to the granary to, to drop, drop it, pulling two wagon loads, and he can't go so fast because the wagons don't, don't center so good. But instead of being thankful for it, we kind of grumble because we have to drive slower, don't we? Our oxen are pulling heavy loads. I had the privilege many years ago of going on a mission trip to a church in Haiti that we were building among Haitians of the Dominican Republic, but building in a Haitian village. And while we were there, the men that worked there, if they caught a thousand pounds of cane, sugar cane a day, they got one dollar. And they would throw these on these carts, huge carts, 
and we'd see them pulling out then towards the evening, an oxen driving these cartons, two, two oxen just plodding along with these heavy loads of sugar cane going to the market. What a blessing to see that testimony, that the oxen are pulling heavy loads. God blesses in such abundance that we often forget about it, doesn't it? How many times do we think, well, what am I going to do with all this? How become, because God gives us so much that we can share it with others. That's the testimony that's there. The third thing I want you to see for just a moment is that testimony that's, that's coming each day in our life. To know that joy that's there, that there's civil peace within our villages. We can't say that today. Thankfully, we live in a fairly quiet community. We don't have a lot of this stuff that's going on in other big cities. <clears throat> we do have some places where, where people are protesting and, and doing things. But on the other hand, we, we live in a fairly quiet neighborhood, don't we, where we get along together, where we seem to be doing well. We're not beating on each other all the time. You go in places, and they show it on the evening news where stores will, will be there and, and lock the doors thinking they're safe at night. And thieves will come in 15, 20 strong, come running through, stealing everything they can, and running back out and leaving it. People are being robbed of it, but that there would be civil peace. There would be peace within our streets. You can't say that in, in Ukraine, can you, that there's peace in the streets? They're always wondering. You think about what's happening between Israel and Hamas and what's taking place there. Think of wondering if you're going to get bombed. Think of wondering if a rocket's flying over and going to hit your street. Think of the neighbors, uh, if the, the attacking uh, person is shooting cannons at you and, you, and you're trying to escape. <clears throat> There's no peace in the streets. But you and I have that joy when we look at around our country and we say, but we live in a peaceful nation. Though today we see a lot of demonstrators out trying to make their voices heard because that's what people do today. They think, if I can't disagree, if I disagree with you, then I'm going to cause a problem. I'm going to throw paint at your house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But the challenge comes when you and I, through trusting God, have that assurance each day that we will have peace in our streets. And we trust that God will give us that as we, as we go forward in faith, that we can have that assurance. As we go into our, our countries, as we go through the thing, one of the challenges that comes each day is where do we go? What do we do? <clears throat> I've told you before when I was here that we were sponsoring people in, in Kenya Hope, or through Kenya Hope in Kenya, where they have had such droughts that the crops have all died, the animals have all died, and they didn't have food enough to eat. The children would go to school. Many of them would walk five miles a day to get to school, and they went because when they got there, they got lunch. And lunch was a cup of field corn, not cooked, and a cup of like kidney beans, not cooked, dumped in a bowl, and you could eat that. And, well, you could chew it because of the nourishment that was there. My, my wife and I have said so many times when we see all of that and how blessed we are, and we think what these children are doing, what these families are living on. The droughts have come, the crops have failed, the animals have died. And the challenge was there, wasn't it? How do we feed the world? 
how do we go to other places? How do we go to the Indian field? How do we go to another field? How do we go with the Word of God in such a way that they can get the Word of God that they need? <clears throat> One of the testimonies that Kenya Hope had, they had the Talking Bible, and the Talking Bible was an interesting thing. It's a little dealy that's run off the sun. If you stand out in the sunshine, it recharges itself. They had a Talking Bible that was done in 65 different languages. And when they went into a village, they could figure out what language they were talking to. They could pull out a talking Bible and they would hand those out. People were listening to the Word of God and they were being well fed through the Word. And many people were coming to Jesus Christ. There was peace in their heart and there was peace through the Word of God coming into their villages. They would share together. They would be walking together. They'd be listening to the Word of God. The testimony that comes then in our lives are, what are we doing every day? How are we experiencing peace within our villages? How are we experiencing peace within our communities? How are we sharing that, that civil obedience so that in such a way we can honor those that are in authority. We hear a lot about it, don't we? Well, we don't like what that man's doing, so let's get him out of us. We don't like what that lady is, how she's running things, so let's kick her out of the state or let's kick him out of the national government. The challenge is, are we really leaving it up to God? Scripture tells us, doesn't it, to pray for those in authority for, over us because those are the ones that I have ordained to be over you for a purpose. Even if their wickedness, the part God is using their wickedness sometime to be a challenge to the nation. So we pray each day that we can have civil peace. And then there's that last thing that we know that we are God's people. We are thankful every day that we can know that we're thankful to God. One of the challenges that happens in life is, is I'm, I'm God's child, and I don't know how long he's going to let me live or what he's going to allow me to do yet, but I do know one thing. I belong to him, and whatever plan he has for me is the way that I'm going to go forward in faith. One of the pastors at First Byron that I worked with for 16 years when I was there, <clears throat> Ken was retired also, and became very ill this past fall, passed away this past week at the age of 81 years old. To know that testimony, though, Ken was ready to see the Lord face to face. He had spread the word of God. He became a traveling missionary after he retired. Went many times to the Orient, many times into to, to South, uh, South Vietnam, places where he could share the word of God at risk of what he was doing knowing that he had the opportunity to share the word in such a way that God would be honored. Many churches were planted through a man like that, <clears throat> that we have peace with God. I belong to God. I don't have anything to be afraid of because if anything happens to me here, I've got a home in heaven waiting for me. What a testimony that is. What a joy that is to share to the world. Say, this is what it's all about. I know the testimony that God has given to me, that I can trust him and that I can rest secure in him, that I know that I have the peace. So again, God's happy people are there because our children are well planted and rooted, because they are there as being the next generation to build the church. We're there because God has blessed us abundantly 
with prosperity. We've given to us more than we can ever imagine. What are we going to do with it all? How are we going to serve him with it? How are we going to use it that other people can see his glory? It's there because we have peace in our villages. We have peace in our streets. We have the opportunity to be peacemakers within our communities. And we're there because we know God loves us and he holds us in the grip of his hand and he's never going to let us go. So you are God's happy people. And I'm happy that I'm with you as well. Let's bow in prayer together. Father, we pray again that you would help us to understand more fully that we belong to you. Help us to realize that we are nurtured and that we are refreshed by you. And that you give us that assurance, Lord, that we know that our children are living in submission to you. That we realize that the possessions we have are gifts that you've given us not to hoard for ourselves, but to use in such a way that we can maybe be building the kingdom. That you give us the opportunity, Father, to be a community of Christians that seeks to encourage each other. And that you give us the joy most of all. Know that we are God's people and that we are happy because you are our God, not only for time here, but for all eternity. So pour your blessing upon us tonight, we pray. For Jesus' sake, amen. We're going to sing together again from the Grace, hymn, Grace Hymnal, um, number 183, 1, 3, and 4, with grateful hearts. My thanks are read. 183, 1, 3, and 4.